This is the State of the Ward podcast with your host, Shannon Marguerite. You're listening to the State of the Ward podcast. I'm Shannon Marguerite. And today, thank you everyone for listening. I have a wonderful special guest with me. I'm so excited because last episode I talked about Ben. I used a... Um, Ben the adoptee I used a wonderful quote that he explained in three words that was uh, for adoption and I have him here with me we're actually doing a podcast here but we're actually doing an interview and our interview we can actually see each other on the video so I do want Vin Say hi. Hi, Shannon. How are you? <laughs> That's me to everyone. <laughs> yeah, say hi. hi. Uh, so, so I am here with Vin. Vin is in Australia, and I am in Baltimore. So we have a very big time difference. What is the time difference? It is quarter to four in the afternoon here. <laughs> <laughs> On the afternoon, and it is 1.40 a.m. here. We are going to keep pushing it forward, and we're going to keep moving. And we're just going to go. You know, a lot of times when we do interviews, one thing that I notice is it's kind of really formal, and it's kind of... You know, you kind of just, I guess you have a script, but we don't do that. You know, when we talk today, we're going to take our time. We're going to be talking about some really heavy issues. We're going to be talking about, we're going to talk about some heavy issues and we're going to talk about some challenges. And what I'm hoping with this podcast is honesty, is that you're all comfortable because this is a safe place. This is somewhere where a platform that I'm trying to create where all sides can be heard. So we really want to hear your side and we're going to just work it out and we're going to talk about things, okay? All right, sounds good. I'm actually really excited to do this um, this interview with you because <clears throat> there there is there's a lot of platforms out there and I'm excited that there's another platform and you've created another platform for everyone. It's just, and there can't be enough. And it's just, it's so awesome that we connected because, you know, we, we've been talking for, you know, <clears throat> a, a, a week or two now and it's just, <laughs> you and I just connected straight away and it's just, it's, it's, it's great. I love it. <laughs> It is. I I appreciate it. I've been. I'm not gonna say stalking you because I haven't. That's not, that's not, really not a. That's not a good word. But I've been. I've been following you for a while, and you know I've seen all the things that you've been doing in the adoptee community, and it's amazing. And well, you know, you. I when I saw this quote. So last episode was we talked about three things that described adoption and I gravitated immediately with your post. It was just, it's just amazing. And one of the things that I really want to touch on is I kind of want to reiterate it. So you said adoption described in three words, tragically beautiful complexities. Now, I want to kind of break down. I'm just going to read it. So, and then we can kind of maybe just go through it and yep. um, kind of break it down. So for the bio mother and father, in some cases, it's tragic for the adoptive parents. It's beautiful for the child. There are so many complexities, so many layers of emotions in this triangle. Understand every side. Then adoptee. I mean, to be to be honest with you, I still like I get chills when I read that because it's like, wow, to me, it's just it's just in in my opinion, 
it's just perfect because I feel like you've covered every side. Now, for the bio mother and father, in some cases, it's tragic. So what I kind of want to go through is I just want to run through all three of those words in all of the lines. And if you could just kind of, we can kind of just have like a one-on-one kind of talking about it, kind of like a little small dialogue. I would really appreciate yep. that. Yeah, yeah, because as as much as I, I, I put it into those three words and I sort of do a little bit of a, a explanation of each one of them, it's, I, I don't explain it. So it's great that we're talking about this to actually explain and go through what this actually means because a lot of people will see this and go and they'll, they'll wonder how it's tragic how it's beautiful and how it has so many complexities because for those who don't really understand in depth of adoption and all the all sides of adoption it it doesn't really explain it properly so i'm, I'm glad we're kind of talking about it and breaking it down Okay, so we said, let's do the first one. So, um, tragically, for the bio mother and father, in some cases, it's tragic. So, what I mean by that is, it's there's a lot of... I've, I've connected with a lot of uh, bio parents, and a lot of them have told me and expressed to me that a lot of adoptees, not all, but a lot of adoptees, don't give them the time of day and they they don't want to hear their side adoptees don't want to hear their side and the the adoptive and the perspective parents don't want to hear their side and in some cases the bio parents have had a a a tragic event happen where they haven't been able to keep the baby or and they have wanted to um or there has been some uh a moment in their life where they did try and keep the baby and then all of a sudden a situation would happen and they would have to give the baby up and so it's therefore tragic for them and sometimes especially um bio fathers a lot of them actually don't even realize they're biological fathers um you know you you will get the ones where um the mum will fall pregnant and then not even tell um the father that she's pregnant and she'll go off and she'll she'll have the baby and she may not be in a position to look after it herself so the other option is to give the baby up for adoption and you know that way uh, that's where the father wouldn't even know about it um and so it's 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 tragic it's it's, it's there is so much about that whole sort of story there where people don't want to listen and that to me is tragic for the bio parents because yeah a, a lot of people don't want to hear their story if you're coming from the other end of the triangle if you're an adoptive parent or prospective parent they just they don't want to know about that they just want this baby and they don't want to know about the story so you know for the bio parents it is tragic because they they suffer a loss as well and for their entire lives and not all cases um, but a lot of the time they do suffer for the rest of their life because they lost a child and so when birth parents do say that or try to express that especially in the adoption community and again I'm going to keep saying not all because I don't want a blank statement this because it's it's not all but there are a lot of adoptees that don't want to know the birth parents story and don't even want to give them the time of day because they are still healing from the birth parents that gave them up as 
rejection. So it's it still hurts and there's a lot of pain there for the adoptee. And, you know, unfortunately, the birth parents don't get to say their side because of that in a lot of cases. Um, and, of course, you've also got the birth parents that do have a choice but disregard the child, if that makes sense. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, so there, there's a lot of sides to that. Um, but I won't go into that, but um, there is a lot of sides to that. So it is it is tragic, and that's what I mean by, by tragic um, with uh, some bio mothers and fathers. You know, it's interesting that you said that because, you know, myself as an adoptee. So what happened when I did the second show was someone contacted me on Facebook Messenger and just said, hey, Shannon, you said that you're going to have, um, you know, this is for, you said you're going to have social workers, you said you're going to have adoptive um, people that were adopted. You said that you're going to have um, people from the community, the adopted parents, but who are you missing? And I looked at it and I looked at the list and I said, birth mothers? And she was just like, bingo, birth mothers have a side too. And, you know, I just want to reiterate that it is imperative that the birth mother is hurt. Because even though I'm an adoptee, you know, even though we're adoptees, it's still, you know, like I continue to say, the platform that I'm trying to create is for all sides to be hurt. And, yeah. you know, everybody's story is different. And what I try not to do is use any type of bias that I may have. Because sometimes, honestly, I don't even realize a lot of times we don't realize that we are using or that we have bias and yeah. everyone, you know, has bias based off of their, a lot of times based off of their experience. So one thing, because when I saw this, I think it's interesting that we're able to recognize that we did mention the bio mother, right? Yeah. Or the yeah. birth mother, because we can yeah. say bio mother. I know what you're talking about. Other people may not, you know, other people may actually think about it differently and they may comprehend it differently so us as adoptees we're sitting here saying yeah the bio mother it's very tragic however what i did not specifically say is the birth mother so yeah. it's amazing to me how you know and it's very interesting that there would be certain people that would feel as though the birth mother was not mentioned because I said bio mother. And it's and it's honestly true. I did not say birth mother. I said bio yeah. mother. And yeah. that's the biological mother, not necessarily the birth mother. And we know in the adoptee community, it can it's technically it could be a difference because we're saying bio mother compared to birth mother. So I believe that even that you know, I understand and you understand because we're talking adoptee to adoptee. But I yeah. think that in this instance, it's and, and that's why I really want to be specific with this, that birth mother, the birth mother's journey mm -hmm. is as important. And here it will be validated. Everyone's side will be validated and we will have birth mothers that come on here to explain their side and how they feel and the different complexities that they're facing. Now, we also did for the adoptive parents, it's beautiful. Can we can can you explain what you meant by that? So so what I meant by that, a lot of <laughs> in recent weeks I've actually seen a lot of Things on Instagram where they would, where they would, uh, there's a lot of parents on there that that don't necessarily understand the depth of adoption, and and you have all these parents on Instagram or wanting to be parents that put up these these notice boards of them holding 
this notice board and saying, you know, wanting to adopt and, and um, you know, we're expecting except, you know, no bump and all that stuff. And I'm sure everyone's seen all that on Instagram. And for them, they don't understand the depth of adoption. So for them, they're blinded by their wants and needs and they think it's beautiful because there is a lot of there's a lot of misguided thoughts about adoption especially in the media and the media don't talk about the realities of adoption at all um that they have this narrative narrative where it's beautiful and there's no problems, there's no issues. You just get this baby from another country or domestically and it's like this perfect doll. And a lot of the times the adoptive parents just have no idea. They are clueless about about the depths of adoption and how many layers and complexities it is um so to them they don't see all that side of it and that side doesn't get explained to them and a lot of the times the adoption agencies don't explain it either so the parents have this sugar-coated version of what it's like to adopt and they just think it's going to be fairy tales and unicorns and it's going to be they're going to have the perfect baby and it's going to be it's going to grow up to be a perfect replica of them even though they didn't give birth to it and it's going to be like a gift from god and 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 they just see it as this beautiful gift and 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 that's where i meant by you know it's beautiful so I will say that, you know, this resonated just because the adoptive parents, I believe, you know, I can understand exactly where you're coming from and what you're saying. And I think it's going to be very important and it's going to be very interesting when we do get a perspective of an adoptive parent and we do get the perspective of maybe somebody will come and talk about why they celebrate in that way and why it needs to be advertised in that way of excitement and everything and it would be very interesting to really see that perspective and to really see exactly what's happening in that instance because it's it's one thing it's I think that certain things are interpreted different ways. So maybe as adoptees, when we see certain things, right, it could be potential trigger and we may see yeah. certain things and we may interpret it the way that we see it as an adoptee. And I say as when I say we, I'm talking about as an individual because you may interpret yeah. it different than I may interpret it. Things may bother yeah. you, of course, differently. However, I think it would be very very essential and very interesting to see the perspective of what goes through the, an adoptive parent's mind when they are adopting or specifically yeah. what you're just referring to about how they're celebrating it and how they're saying this and that and not maybe thinking about the ramifications. I think it'd be very interesting to see that side, to see what they're thinking, because to be honest with you, it's possible there could be a whole different thought process for that specific person that goes on. Exactly. And this is just my opinion. I'm, I'm not basing this off, off, you know, I'm not quoting anyone or anything like that. This is all just my opinion, of course. And, um, yeah, I just wanted to say that just to, you know, this isn't, I'm not saying a blank statement and I'm not, uh, you know, people don't have agree with me that and, and it's, it's okay that people don't agree with me because I don't I don't want people to to agree with me all the time because you know everyone has so many 
different views of adoption and and it's okay to talk about them and to to have a different opinion because that's how we're going to be that, that is how the adoptive the adoptee narrative is going to change by everyone having a different opinion and by everyone um uh, being able to sort of um get together at the uh, you know in their thought process and learn and grow and and hear everyone's side and and talk about each side and each opinion because it's important to have people's feelings and what they say validated so i just wanted to you know touch base on that this is just my opinion and it is okay for people not to agree with me right. so i just yeah, I just wanted to say that. You see, the thing is, is that, you know, with this whole, this is what we're talking about. There's going to be a lot of people that don't agree with me. There's going to be a lot of people that don't agree with you. And then in return, we may not agree with them. But like I said, I think it's very essential that we all have an open forum and a platform where everybody can discuss it because wouldn't it yeah. i mean honestly wouldn't it be amazing to really talk to or really hear that adoptive person like maybe specifically one that we can find on instagram right or facebook yeah. <laughs> or something that can actually come and talk about i mean it just to me it would just be mind-blowing to just hear that and understand and maybe ask some questions to see where yeah. their mindset is and then maybe come back to the table and say hey you know maybe we didn't think about this and this makes yeah. us feel yeah. this way because of that so yeah I, I i just think that's like is it's, it's amazing so now for the child there are so many complexities can you now that this is interesting because <clears throat> now again i'm i'm I can only talk about my experiences and my complexities and my layers. So I have so many layers to me as a person and the titles that we are given, we aren't limited by. So when I talk about the complexities of myself, I'm an adoptee, I'm gay, I'm a birth father, I'm Indian, but I don't identify as Indian. I identify as Australian. So we've got identity issues. Um, we've got so many complex layers to me and understanding them all and comprehending them all is sometimes a mind boggle because you start to think about you know my my identity and for 32 years i thought i was an I, I thought i was australian and then i went to go get a passport and then all of a sudden the australian government said hang on a sec you're not an australian citizen and that threw me into a a, a bit of a, a twist up in my mind because i'm like hang on a sec I am Australian. I identify as Australian. I'm not Indian. But then it kind of made me realize, hang on a sec, I am Indian, but I don't identify as Indian. So that layer was just so mind-boggling and, and it took me sort of a while to process. And I know this sounds really stupid because on the outside, I look Indian, but I sound Australian and, and I feel Australian because I know Australia. I grew up in Australia. So it's, it's so, it's such a, a complex issue for me because, because it's hard for me to comprehend being brought up in a different country to your culture. But then having someone like the government turn around and say, hang on, but no, you actually aren't an Australian citizen because you were born overseas and it just throws your mind your mindset completely out and it almost feels like you've been living a lie and <clears throat> so so there's the issue of the 
identity there, but then you've got the sexual identity. Um, I, I identify as gay. And so that's been a struggle. My entire life, that's been a struggle. So, you know, it's, it's, I've been with girls, but I'm gay. And, you know, even now I still sometimes struggle with it. Someone asked me yesterday, if there was a cure for being gay, would you take it? And I had to sort of think about it for a bit. And it was very interesting because I thought, if I had the choice to be gay, would I? No, I wouldn't choose to be gay because we don't get to choose to be gay. Just like we don't get to choose to be adopted. We don't get to choose to be brown. We don't get to choose a lot of things. But especially when it comes to being gay or identifying a part of, of being a part of the LGBT community, we can get to choose that. That is not a choice. So it's interesting that someone asked me that because I wouldn't choose to be gay. I wouldn't choose to be picked on and ridiculed. I wouldn't choose to be bashed up. I would not choose this life. And it is so difficult to <clears throat> process in my mind something that 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 you know that it's just very complex and it, you can't I, I get really frustrated when people say you know oh well you chose to be gay well no I didn't I wouldn't choose this and you know so there are so many layers to this and or to me and and being a birth father, you know, that, that's a different pair again. Um, <clears throat> so there's so many, there are so many layers, but we don't have to put everyone into a box. And, and that's what I think society wants to do. They want to put everyone into a box because it's easier to deal with. Because if you're in a box, then you can say, oh, okay, that's okay. They're gay or oh, they're adopted. And then that's it. But let's talk about it. Let's not put them in a box. Let's expand and blow up the box and say, you know what? You're a human. You're a person. But there are layers to each person and you have to understand that. And you have to understand each layer and and it's so it's just so complex and a lot of people understand it better when you are put into a box but you're not limited to that box and i think that's where people get stuck in their mind because when you put a label on something it's hard to shake that label so, so I suppose that that's what I mean by the complexities of being an adoptee because it, you're not limited to just one thing. There are so many different thing layers to a person. And, and you know, I, I always maintain that you don't have to be adopted to have all these issues, but you are more susceptible to these issues because you are adopted. But, you know, being gay has nothing to do with being adopted. So, you know, there, there's just so many complexities to a person as a whole. And I think that's what we forget sometimes. And, and we aren't limited to that box or to the boxes that we, that we, uh, that we have. So, I do want to validate what you're saying as I'm hearing it. So I'm validating that I understand what you're saying and that I appreciate you being willing to share your story. And I think it's very important that when we speak our truth and when we speak what we know, and what 
is the truth to us, we're able to really, really feel a sense of and really understand where we're supposed to go. And we are not able to understand where we're supposed to go until we understand our truth. We start living our truth and we speak our truth because I believe when they say that the truth will set you free in a lot of ways, it will set you free. Maybe not all together, but different parts of us is starting to accept. We're starting to put it out there in the universe and really be able to connect with different things that maybe we couldn't connect to before because we didn't use our voice and we weren't able to speak. So I, I, I will tell you right now that I commend you a hundred percent, a million percent for even being willing to take that step and really talk about things where a lot of times you, you wouldn't have necessarily done that. And, you know, you, you say that something, nothing you say is stupid. Nothing you say is stupid. There's going to be people that are not going to accept things that we say. However, I want you to know that just by us having this conversation, it's, it's been very, very informative to really listen to you and really be able to understand that. And I will say that, you know, when I saw this when I saw this quote, it just, it, it, I really felt something in my heart and to be able to go through all these experiences and to have you be able to comprehend them. And then you write based off of your experiences three words because if it was me you know I talk a lot anyway so I'd have all kinds <laughs> of words on that paper I don't have three I'd have to say I'd probably, pick, I'd probably put about 50 and just circle three with my eyes closed and I would know <laughs> so I, I love this because it really captured everything and I think it was important to really talk about what that meant and what you were you know, really thinking. Now, if you could, for me, go a little more into, you know, you kind of touched on your adoption in a whole, but I really want to give you an opportunity to really tell your story as far as your adoption. And I think that'll also shed light onto how you came up with being able to select three amazing words and you were actually able to expand upon that so people can really understand what that quote meant okay so a lot of people in the adoption community they get a bit confused sometimes about where my stance on adoption comes from and where i'm coming from because I've had a positive adoption. Now, when I say that I've had a positive adoption, I was lucky enough and fortunate enough to be adopted into a family that has always been loving and always been caring. And <clears throat> unlike a lot of other adoptions, it hasn't been a positive experience which is horrible to think that people haven't had a positive experience. But I have had a positive experience and a lot of people when I first came into the adoption community, they, I came in with a positive mindset because I wasn't aware that people didn't have a positive experience and it was a very big learning curve for me and I got branded in the fog and <clears throat> a lot of people like that term and there's a lot that hate it. Um, I'm one of the ones that don't really like that term um, because people don't really understand that if you, I get the term in the fog, I definitely do when I first came into the adoption community, I didn't quite understand the term but 
over the past two years, I really have understood the term. But I came into the adoption community a bit airy-fairy, to be honest. And I... Can you, you, I'm sorry, can you explain what that means to you in the fog? So, in the fog means to me that I wasn't aware of all the traumas and all the the things, the layers that adoptees go through. Um, so for the, the adoptees who didn't have a positive experience, they were out of the fog instantly. It made them not even be in the fog because they were already, they already knew about the complexities and knew about the, the, the negative side to adoption. Whereas I had a positive experience with my adoption and so I wasn't privy to the negative side of adoption. And when I say positive and negative, I'm talking about, you know, parents not loving their adopted child, not giving them the love that they needed or treating them like their child. Um, And therefore, a lot of issues stem from that. Whereas positive, my parents loved me the same as they loved their own biological children. So we were all brought up the same way, but my parents catered to each of my siblings and myself's needs when they needed to. Like in in the sense of if my parents brought us all up as a family all together and we weren't treated differently I wasn't special because I was adopted. I didn't get treated special because I was adopted. I was just their child. So, and I think that was one of the key things that that they did for me because I see a lot of adoptees that explain to me that they were always put on a pedestal and they were special. But then when they're older, their siblings turned around to them and said, well, I hated you because you were always treated differently. You were always the chosen one and you were always the special one. Why That wasn't like that in my situation. We all got treated the same way. And if, if, if I did something wrong, I would get in trouble. But if my brother did something wrong, he would get in trouble. So there was no special treatment there, you know, and and I think there's a very big difference when you get parents that have their bio, their own biological children and then adopt compared to people who don't have their own biological children and adopt. It's, it's two totally different scenarios where in my situation, my parents already had their own biological children. So they were always, they knew already how to how to parent. And I'm not saying that parents who don't have their own biological children who adopt don't know how to parent. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying that there are things that parents know when they have their biological children that they're already privy to being a parent. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, the, The difference is between the biological children and the adopted children, my parents never had another adopted child. It was just me. So, so yes, they brought us all up, but I also had different complexities to my brother and sisters. So there was, I, I had different layers to them. And of course, every child has their own different layers, but there were things that my parents had to deal with that they didn't have to deal with with my siblings. So I had I I had a lot of issues when I came across from India. Um, I can you tell I came, us can you tell us about um, your adoption story and how you actually got from India to Australia? So and it's, it's yeah, of course. Um, so I was. I was in uh, an orphanage from 10 days old and I was there for the first 10 months of my life and um, there was evidence that I was given drugs 
in the orphanage and we were sexually abused in the orphanage and when we came across to Australia um, I came across uh, with seven other children and um, our journey from Australia uh, from India to Australia was all documented because we were the second biggest group of adopted children all coming into Australia at the, all at the one time and um, Sharub really was also uh, in amongst those children as well um, and so when we got to Melbourne Airport um, those we all met our families and we were there were a lot of the children were quite sick um, and so when when I first came over my mum said that I just screamed for six months straight. I just screamed. I cried. I had nightmares. I wouldn't settle. And when we went to the, um, when I went to the doctors, I they weren't aware. But um, I, I came across with gonorrhea and um, and hepatitis B, um, and so. My parents weren't, they, they never had to deal with that before. Um, and so they, and, and there wasn't Google or, or anything like there is now. So, you know, that they had to be informed and my, my parents got informed as much as possible. So there was, there, uh, a lot of people when they, when they adopt, they, they expect this perfect baby and it's everything but. Um, so there was a lot of issues there with me that they that they had to deal with and when my parents went to the um because sometimes uh we went to barbecues where children were uh all, all the adopted children would get together and you know every six months or something and my mom would talk about these issues with other parents and all the parents would just look at her and say oh, you know now our child's perfect you know we get none of that but she was looking for someone to to see if you know they could relate and their issues. But my childhood was was great. It was a great childhood. You know, we we went on family holidays with our extended family. We sat down at the dinner table every night and had dinner together, and we talked about our day. You know, we always spoke about our day, and. Um, you know, so my childhood was fantastic. I had a childhood. Um, you know, that I in primary school, I um, I would get a few comments here and there about um, being adopted because my sister and my sisters and my brother went to the same primary school, and and there was only a year apart from my sister and I, and. You know, so and I, I was a little dork. I used to hang around her in uh, playtime, like recess and lunchtime. But, um, and she loved it. It was awesome. Um, and you know, so so everyone sort of knew that I was her brother, and she was proud to have me as her brother. And people would sometimes comment on that and say nasty, hurtful things. And you know, it's. I suppose that's to be expected, but unfortunately, you know, it was, you know, yeah, pe people just like to put two cents in when it comes to something different. But, um, you know, so, and then in everything changed when I went to high school, but I had a proper childhood. It was... It, it was an actual childhood where we would, you know, we didn't have the internet and stuff. So we, all, I grew up with, you know, playing cricket in the street and, and playing football with all the neighbor kids. And, you know, it, it was a great childhood. Um, but yeah, high school, <clears throat> that, that was a bit different. That was when my life kind of changed and I had to grow up, I was forced to grow up. Um, I went to a uh, all boys school, and it was a Catholic private boys school in Melbourne. And um, I 
funnily enough, the school was full of Indians and Sri Lankans and Greeks and Italians and all all different cultures and it was almost it was like spot the Aussie. There wasn't very many Australian kids there. Um but it was it was one of the worst experiences of my life because I got bullied severely, horrendously. Um, I was I was sexually abused on a weekly basis for two and a half years, and I was gang raped at a, at a school camp in Gate. And the school kicked me out halfway through year nine um, and said it's easier to remove the target than it is to remove the police because there were so many of them. And um, <clears throat> so um i they didn't give me the option uh to leave um so and so after high school i went into a psychiatric facility for six months and that was really good because that was run by a psych uh, a psych nurse a psychiatrist a psychologist and a um a youth worker so that that helped um deal with a lot of the issues that I was facing at the time, but I was very angry. So um, I never actually told anyone about the sexual abuse until I was 23. So um, so I was a very angry teenager and a little bit into my 20s. So I dealt with a lot of anger and everything. So um, yeah, and then since 23 till now, I've been healing and i've gone into the adoption community and 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 yeah i've just been healing a lot and and reflecting a lot on my life and being trying to be a confident person i suppose and trying to live the best life that i can and and trying to help others so 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 yeah I do know that with all your experiences and everything that you've been through, you've been able to really help a lot of other people. And one of the ways that I see that you're able to do that is that you have a whole bunch of groups that you have somehow, I, I, I know you're a genius man because you've come up with all of these groups and a way to unite everyone together it's amazing could you tell me tell me what these groups are about i want to know i belong to some of them some of them i haven't even got through totally but tell me about your groups please so with the perspective parents group i've taken a i've gathered a team of adoptees from around the world and we as a team educate the parents the perspective and adoptive parents on the realities of adoption because the realities of adoption isn't really spoken about when it comes to perspective and adoptive parents so this is a very video active group and we do a lot of live videos in the group and we do a lot of interviews and stuff and we get the adoptive voice and we let the parents hear our voices and our struggles and our hardships. But we also give the parents a bit of leeway in this group because to be able to understand how to help them, they need to also tell us what issues they need to hear about. So we talk about the realities of adoption. We talk about our struggles with not getting our own information and getting not being able to have access to that. And we talk about racism, we talk about sexual abuse, we talk about um, uh, attachment disorders, and we really go deep into those issues. And a lot of the parents in the group are. Uh, some of them aren't surprised about these issues and a lot of them are just being so informed and they are really responding well. And we've had 30, we've had 37 parents come to me and say, 
thank you so much for for telling us the adoptive voice, for, for letting us hear it. And because of this, we have chosen not to go down the path of adoption. And even though that is not our aim of the group, we as the adoptee team aren't there to dictate to the parents. We aren't there to tell them what to do. We are just there to educate them and give them the, our perspective. And so it's great because there is always someone in the group because our team consists of adoptees from around the world. It doesn't matter day or night, wherever it is in the world, there is always team members in the group. So this isn't open to all adoptees as it's difficult to, to express this and help the prospective parents. And so there's, an adoptee team support group that they have to be a part of to help give the adoptees support as well. So initially there's two groups for the one um, and every adoptee that comes in has to do a video interview and they also have to do a video introduction as well. So it's a nice way for the parents to know that they're actually getting uh, I suppose educated by by someone they can actually physically see someone um so each adoptee has to uh do a introduction video to the group so it's very video active and it's very informative and we've got 333 members at the moment um and it's fantastic like it's just a great group um so and a lot of people don't really understand why i'm doing this but it's it's because i I'm not under the illusion that adoption is going to stop and we have to work together to change the adoptee narrative and the only way I feel that we can do that is to work with the prospective and adoptive parents to change the adoptee narrative and work together to make a better future and in, in some instances we do change parents' minds about adoption altogether, which is fantastic, but it's not the aim of the group. It, the, our aim of the group is just to educate and give our perspectives to the parents. So how they interpret that is there, is on them. So, so that's that group. Um, I also run a LGBT adoptee group, uh, support group, and that kind of speaks for itself. It's just adoptees who identify with the LGBT community. Um, and it's just a, a adoption specific um, group for that. Um, so um, then we've got one other group, uh, which is really great as well, is the Lost Gentlemen's Club. Now that's a all male support group and that is not adoption specific, but we do have a lot of adoptee males in there. Um, and it's so, so important for, for men to speak up and, and talk about their experiences and talk about their emotions and talk about their lives because the biggest, the, the, the biggest, um, the biggest taboo, I suppose, in society is what we tell males you know it's to always be strong and never show emotion and never cry males do cry we cry we have emotions we show them in different ways but we do have emotions and so this group is so important because it's a way for males to get support and again it's not adoption specific but <clears throat> it is open to all males, all races, and all religions. And we 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 talk about depression, we talk about suicide, we talk about everything because I have a policy in all my groups that no topic is taboo. It's so important that we talk about suicide because males there are so many males taking their lives at such a young age and and it needs to be talked about more and it needs to be addressed and um 
you know, so so this group really does focus on mm. on that. And we don't just talk about the depressing stuff. We we share funny memes and and jokes and you know, we we talk about light-hearted things as well, not just the heavy stuff. So that one's really really important to um to me because mental illness with males isn't talked about a lot um so it's it's very important uh that group so and another a group uh, another another group i have um i've got two more so uh this other one is the adoption admins only support group so my my view behind this one is to have we have 34 admins that run adoption groups and my view for this was to get all the admins and put them in a support group because admins need support they run these groups for the adoption community and it can be very emotionally taxing on admins so i put a group together for all the admins to get support of other admins and ask so we can ask questions so we can so they feel supported so also so we can tackle bullying within the groups and stop it from the top and so it's just a a good way to connect and share ideas and sort of just help one another and support one another so that one's a really important one as well and um my other one is adoptee dinners and events in melbourne so this one this saturday we've actually got a christmas in july so um for adoptees so which is really exciting and i'm really excited i get dressed up as santa and decorate the table and because i know it's really difficult for adoptees some adoptees to enjoy the real christmas so i do a christmas in july so they can actually have fun and, and just relax and and connect with other adoptees face to face it's a bit like adoptees connect um in in america um you know and we have um dinners where we can actually connect in real life because that is so important online communities is fantastic but having that one-on-one connection in real life is so important so and we do have um we've had one perspective and adoptive parent dinner with adoptees where they just spend a night with adoptees asking questions and it's just an informal night where we can just have a meal and and just talk about issues and talk about stuff face to face because i know sometimes it can be daunting sitting in those uh perspective parent seminars with government organizations so this is just a relaxed way where we can we can spend time with the parents in a relaxed environment and just talk about our lives and share our experiences with the parents so we hold dinners all the time for adoptees and yeah so they're just some of the groups that i run in the adoption community and then you come together i think that's amazing you mentioned adoptees connect because i'm actually the facilitator for the baltimore adoptees connect and that is amazing and it's an amazing opportunity and i will later in my podcast um later down in some episodes have a full kind of episode about the adoptees connect and i'll probably circle around to talk to you about the connections that you specifically have not with the adoptees specifically but of the experiences and how that shaped you within the community so you do have um the the different facebook groups um can you please just just i I just was i want to just put it out there with how people can find you and the best way to network with you yep so the best way people can network with me i have a public figure facebook page which is vin adoptee and you can find that on my profile or just type it into the facebook search um vin adoptee and it will come up uh you can also contact me via facebook twitter youtube and instagram i'm mainly on 
Instagram and Facebook. So, but I do have platforms on uh, YouTube and Twitter as well. I do have a YouTube channel. It's all under the name Vinodopt. So, um, all you have to do is Google, and I pop up, and it's everywhere. So, that's how you can contact me. Well, I will say that this has been so amazing. It's um, one of the things for the show is I'm trying to structure it so afterwards I can do a reflection and really kind of take in everything that because you know you have been instrumental with your voice. You've been instrumental with leading the way. I mean, how amazing is it for adoptive parents to you know? or prospective adoptive parents or anyone to really acknowledge that you're making a difference in their lives. So for me personally, I would like to, you know, say thank you so much for encouraging me, for inspiring me to continue to keep going, to continue to keep going with the podcast, because, you know, honestly, it can be very challenging. Sometimes, you know, you sit there and you're like, well, I don't know who's listening. I don't know who's who's here i don't know who's there but you know you've been on the forefront just really pushing this and like i say it all the time people within our generation it's our responsibility or i will say i will take some of the responsibility or i will take responsibility to do my part to really inform about adoption to really create these platforms where we can see the different areas and we can be able to voice exactly how we feel and I do believe that this is this is one of the sides this is a major side and a side that will continue to give and you've been I mean you've just been so so awesome and I just appreciate all of your time you know you've you've stuck it out you've been able to you know you've opened up and it's just amazing how do you feel Thank you so I'm overwhelmed to be honest. It's I'm I'm thankful that people are giving me a voice and helping me share that voice and I it's amazing because I I don't feel like I'm I'm doing anything and I want to do more and I want to inspire more people and I I want to empower people and help them to share their voice and and get Get, I want to help empower them, and and it just it I'm I'm humbled because so many people are following me and supporting me, and that is empowering me to help others. and And I'm just I'm just so thankful to be able to have this opportunity to to I suppose expand my voice. So thank you so much for allowing me to do that because it's just. It really is such, so important to have platforms like this to, to help other people share their experiences and and in hopes that other people can come out and say, hey, I I I'm familiar with that with with those feelings and I can I can now share my voice because it's 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 one thing to sit there and go through it, but it's another thing to sit there and go through it and know someone else went through it as well. So, and, and that's what it's all about. That's, it's about connecting and, and sharing. And, you know, a lot of people talk about the, the trauma bond. It's, it's real, but we need to sort of progress and move from the trauma bond to a healing bond. It's so important that we heal together and not just manifest in the trauma, but actually heal and be able to heal together it's so important and it's so important to have this platform so thank you for for opening up another platform where people can share their voices and and heal together it's so important so thank you well then i you know i We'll say it a million times. Shout out to you a billion times. And I will be following you. We will be talking and we will be connecting to do whatever we can do in the adoptee community. I hope that you'll be able to come back and, you know, give the listeners more. <laughs> I hope <laughs> you <know>. so. <laughs> you know, and 
I'm, I'm just really excited for the future. I really am. And I'm excited to see how we can work together and the things that we can do. So I thank you for your time. I know that um, it's, it's priceless. It's very valuable because honestly, you run all these groups. You do all these things. I don't know when you sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I, think- I don't know when I sleep. <laughs> I don't know when you sleep. I have no idea. I, I don't know, but I'm gonna I'm gonna figure it out. I'm, I am. I gotta come to Australia. And maybe you guys are. I don't know what you guys are doing over there. Maybe it's something in the water. I don't know. Keeping you up. It's, it's so difficult to put it down because it's it's so it's so it, it needs to be constantly. You know, it's it's just it's like this obsession. Helping people is my obsession and, you know, I do all this voluntarily and it's just, I'm at the moment, you know, I just finished a course and and I've gone straight back into the adoption community and I'm doing it from the moment I wake up to the moment I do eventually get to sleep and it's, you know, it's that's my passion in life. You know, it's about helping people and empowering people and inspiring people to have a voice. And so sometimes I know I need to sort of stop and sleep at some point, but it's just so important. And, you know, but, you know, they do say, you know, you you can't give when you're empty. So, you know, it's it's important to look after yourself as well. Yeah, and I think self-care is very important. And, you know, a lot of times we want to keep going and we keep going and we keep going and we become overwhelmed because, it, you know, it's, it's just so much. This, you know, this interview alone, when I do my reflection part and you were one of the ones that really helps me kind of guide, okay, well, maybe I should do like a reflection so we can kind of summarize it. So I appreciate you letting me pick your brain and go back and forth, but we will be talking to you soon. Thank you so much. You are my honey and I appreciate (laughs) it so much and we will be in touch. Okay. Sounds awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. You've been listening to the state of the ward podcast. Follow the state of the ward podcast on Instagram for more information. Email State of the Ward Pod at gmail.com. That's State of the Ward Pod at gmail.com.